If you're like me, you're an artist and entrepreneur. You've got big ideas, unique skills and services that frankly, no one else can offer the way you do. Yet you're probably still asking yourself these questions. How do you make money yet still have time to create as an artist? How do I run a business if my mind doesn't necessarily think that way? And how can I create a future that isn't dependent on me trading my time for money? Those are the questions we ask ourselves, and this podcast will answer them. My name is Nathan Freitas, and this is the Creative Entrepreneur Blueprint. Follow me as I demystify running a profitable creative business and empower thousands of other creative entrepreneurs like you to make money doing what they're meant to do and impact the world in the process. Let's rock. What's up, everyone? Hey, this is Nathan with the Creative Entrepreneur Blueprint. Um, I'm sitting across the desk from a good friend of mine, Ali Abrahimia. And um, Ali and I met, gosh, back last December, I think it was. It was, that, it was December at your party. Yeah. Got introduced through a mutual friend. Yeah. He sent me a picture of <laughs> you and him in your underwear. Swimming. Swimming. Wait, okay. <laughs> I have to explain even more. Swimming in Fiji at a, a large event, a Tony Robbins event. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he says. Yes. In any case, it's uh, it's been. I'm really glad he sent that picture of you two in your underwear <laughs> with so- with the caption. You guys should connect. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, dude. There's no better way to start a podcast episode than that. Um, I'm comfortable with my manlyhood. Yeah, man. Well, um, what I love about Ali, this guy, he's the the owner of Walls Need Love, which is one of the leading online retailers for wall decor. Um, uh, wallpaper, fill in the blank for anything walls, right? Wallpaper and murals. Yeah. yeah mainly, that's what we sell now. We, in the past, we've sold a lot of wall decals and things like that. We're moving into just large format wall coverings. Yeah. Wallpaper and murals. So aside from you being a successful businessman, the thing that have uh, really like cemented our friendship is your, uh, your, you're a spiritual mentor for me. Um, and so I, I see that you're, you're a spiritual mentor for many people. You're a business coach for many people. Uh, you've got the whole van life thing going with your, your van in California. Um, so there's multiple facets that make up Ali. Uh, and that's why I think our, our friendship is, is so great. So I'm honored to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored to, to do my first podcast. I'm glad you think I'm interesting enough to talk to. So Hell yeah, you. dude. <laughs> um, well, I, we talked a little bit about this. So this, this episode's 15 minutes and the goal is hyper, like immediate value for my audience. Um, and so I think one of the most fascinating things about you is, is your story, kind of what, what got you to where you are today. And um, so let's start there. Walk, walk us through, like, <laughs> before Walls Need Love, what was going on? Sure. So I grew up in rural Arkansas, um, went to college, did that whole route. And, um, and at that time, actually bumped into my father after many years of not seeing him. And he had a mall kiosk at the time doing instant photography. I, uh, I went and stayed with him over a Christmas break and it was just pretty much a crash course in mall kiosk entrepreneurship. And I kind of learned this one little photo business and he kind of gave me uh, some supplies. And from there I went and I started doing flea markets right out of high school you know, making a few hundred bucks a weekend or so for a high school kid in Arkansas. That was a lot at that time. Uh, and then every summer in between college, I would go and set up a mall kiosk. And so, uh, that's kind of how I learned the ropes really was just going and doing, you know, uh, my father, he was like, just go find a mall, go talk to the management, lease a kiosk and go set up. 
Like that was the objective. There was no plans or how to do it. It was like, this is what you need to do. That's the outcome. So go do it. And so that's what I did. And was that drive to be closer to your dad or to make money? Uh, I went and spent one summer with him. And so the first summer out of college, it was both. And then from there, you know, I kind of did my own thing. And that's how I ended up here in Nashville because uh, Opry Mills was a new mall at that time. And uh, I, I drove out here and ended up liking it and staying. Mm. And so through doing mall kiosk and running a variety of businesses there and, and also doing some import and wholesale and things, um, I, I kept seeing online retail rising every year. And then I was just tired of working in the mall, you know, I mean, (laughs) if you've ever worked retail, you get it. You know what I'm talking about? So I was really just, I had this, this vision of me starting an online company, but I didn't know how, but the important thing was, is that I had that hunger. I had that desire. I had that craving. I had the why, you know, Mm. it was really burning inside of me. And so, um, at one point I had a, a, a kiosk and we were doing custom like car decals. So stickers that you put on your car, you know, and they would say silly things or have different logos or whatever. And uh, normally I'm selling to, you know, younger, teenage, maybe guys in their 20s. That's typically who wants to put stickers on their cars. Well, this one morning, this little grandmother comes up to me and she asks if I can make her a sticker that says, grandchildren welcome, parents by appointment. And I thought that was really funny because I was raised by my grandmother. And uh, I said, sure, you know, I can make that for you. And we started designing it there. I, I would design right there on the spot. And I said, what, what do you want this for anyways? What do you, you want to put this on your minivan? And she goes, no, I, I want to put it on my wall. Hmm. And I thought, wow, a wall quote. I never thought of that. She said, yeah, some of my friends are doing it. And I was like, really? So I made her a sticker and I sent her on the way and I started doing a little research. And I realized that, that this whole market existed Kind of, but it was just in the very beginning, but there was a, I'd, see, I'd seen some other companies out there doing it. And I immediately thought, wow, I have the, the machine to cut decals. I have, I'm already, I mean, everything I have, I'm already set up to do it. If I just shift my focus from cars to walls, my whole world changes. And then I can start designing and, and, and infusing some of my creativity and really expand on, on, on what I'm doing right now. And so... I started designing wall quotes and things like that immediately. And I built this like custom kiosk and I, I was ready for my Christmas launch. And I launched it in the mall in Rivergate, you know, north of, I don't even did in Nashville, suburbs of Nashville. Right. And it completely flopped. People just didn't get it. Really? They didn't know what it was. They stopped by and they'd, they'd be rubbernecking. It was a beautiful, you know, it was all lit up, but they just didn't understand what was going on. You know, this was back in like 2008. And, um, I got tired of, I got so many people that didn't know what it was. They would come by and they would ask me to explain it and then they would walk off. So let me, t- so I'm getting to a point here. Mm-hmm. The website started, Walls Need Love started as a website where, because I didn't want to explain what the business was, I would hand them a business card and say, here, go check it out online read all about it. I'm answering all your questions there. And when you're ready to buy, just come back, come back to me. Right. Well, so I built this like information page and then people were like emailing or coming back and they're like, Hey, well, or asking me on the spot, well, well, can I buy online? And so I was like, uh, not yet, but soon you'll be able to. So I was like forced to build this online store. Long story short, after three months of building this website out of spite, I had an e-commerce store running that was making more than my mall kiosk were all, 
put all put together, right? And so I closed down all my mall kiosks and I moved into my living room and became what I call an, un- an underwear entrepreneur where basically you just wake up <laughs> and you go to your office and you work. Right. And so that's how Wall Love started. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's since grown from there, but yeah. That has definitely since grown from there. Sure, yeah. It's, Where are you guys at now? What's going on with the company right now is we are shifting from a very broad-based product line and, and really going niche with, with wallpaper and murals. You know, We've sold a variety of things in the past, and we're really just going to dive deep into that market and selling not only B2C, but also B2B. So we're launching proper sales and looking to, you know, secure larger contracts. That's where we're at in the company. And how do you feel about that? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's probably been one of the hardest. I mean, it's, it's, here's the thing. The, the growth of any organization, the success of any organization, whether it be a business or a club or a team or whatever is always going to be, um, limited to the mindset of the leader, right? And so I, as the leader, have to expand myself, my awareness, my vision, and tear down these either conscious or subconscious limiting beliefs Hmm. that are holding me and my decisions back so that that can then filter through the organization. So I will say that the biggest thing that I've had to do over the past couple of years is break down my limiting beliefs. And most of them you're not even aware of. In fact, usually all of them. I mean, if you're aware of them, you would just remove them, right? So, so that's been one of the biggest things I've had to do. While also growing business skills. Because business, businessmen, businesswomen, they're not born, they're built. You don't come out of the womb being having all the tools in your belt to run a business. Those are all learned. So you may have passion. You may have natural tendencies or drives or, uh, you know, your brain may work in a certain way. And, you know, we do have uh, help, you know, from our parents and our environment. But there's certain skills that go into running a business, and those just have to be learned. Right. That's interesting because I will say I'm guilty of growing up thinking when I look at these, you know, I grew up in Silicon Valley. And so you look at these people that are starting and running these successful online businesses. <laughs> the successful online businesses aren't the thing that we're laughing at. It's because my handicapped dog, Chewy, is struggling to turn and make a warm spot on a cold hardwood floor. <laughs> and his toes are scratching and tapping. And I, and I just threw a little towel at him, but he flinched and fell over. Poor guy. Poor now he's on the guy. carpet. He figured it out. Okay, carpet's better for laying than hardwood floor. <clears throat> he's good. He's a cute little dog. Um, no, what, what, I, what I was saying was, yeah, you, again, you see these business leaders, and the limiting belief that I had was that I couldn't do that because I didn't have those skill sets. You know, I'm a really good public speaker. I'm really good at selling, but... Maybe, you know, maybe I don't have what it takes to run a business like that. Um, but it's a great point, right? Most people don't have that. Uh, and it's, it's something they just do um, over time. They make mistakes over time. You start leading the team and you see what works and you see what doesn't. Um, so that's it's, actually... It's all about leadership. Yeah. Um, it's not necessary that you have to have all the skills to run a business. Because the other option is finding people who do. And that's where leadership comes in. And typically entrepreneurs, you know, they may not may or may not be a great leader, but one thing is for sure they have a great vision. Right. 
and being able to communicate that vision and the why to yourself first first off is very important but then to others if you want to build a team and really leverage and grow so i'll give an example of someone who 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 hardly has any technical skills but is a great visionary and a great leader and we've talked about him sat guru which is that's spelled s-a-d-h-g-u-r-u he ha- is the founder of the isha institute and uh, among a lot of other things, he's a phenomenal person. He has two and a half million YouTube subscribers, uh, a million and a half Instagram followers. He doesn't, he, he can barely read. He doesn't type or anything like that, right? So he's got all this content out there. He's got over a million volunteers in his, in his uh, foundation. That's people working for free. A lot of them full-time have dedicated their lives. Why? Because he's a great leader and they believe in his vision. Mm. And so his ability to create a vision and then communicate that to team and then help to see the qualities in, in other individuals and to kind of put together a framework there. Um, that, that's where, that's how he's able to, to build such a great following and make a huge impact. Do you think that's the, like, if I were to distill down what's led to your success to date, is it your ability to be that type of leader or is there something else that's led to that? My greatest strength is in envisioning things, being able to look into the future or being able to put complex, I don't know, just being able to see things to create the future in my mind. That's my skill set. Communicating that is actually one of my weaknesses, Hmm. getting that out of my head and making sure that other people are aware of this and very clear and then maybe putting that into systems and processes. That's one of my weaknesses is structure. But I'm, I'm working on it. Just because it's a weakness doesn't mean you can't grow in it. Because weaknesses or problems, they're, they're really just opportunities for improvement. Right. So it's interesting. So you, you think that uh, your ability to envision kind of the future, right? Come up with these new ideas. That's what's brought you to where you are today. Because I would almost challenge that. I would almost say your ability to recognize that you're not maybe as good as others as communicating that. There's something that got you from just an idea to actually implementing it across a team. I think that that, that comes down uh, maybe to just an inner flame, an inner fire, a passion, a burning desire. I do. I, I am a very. I can influence others. That's one of my skills. So I have a vision. I can influence others, and 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 people love. Um, they love following, and so that is a leadership quality—the ability to, to influence others. Right. While the communication, I could maybe communicate things better, and I, and I am getting better at it. Just that burning desire, right? That we tend to—we we all know. I mean, it's uh, you know, look at look at some of the people that you idolize. Usually, they have a burning desire. They may not be the greatest communicators, but they're just passionate about what they want to do. Yeah. So I think vision, passion. And then just persistent action. You know, you got to take action at the end of the day. You, you got to move forward. You got to move the needle. So it's a simple principle, but it's hard to exercise. And I can raise my hand very high. Oh, me too. Yeah. I can't tell you. I have a shelf full of, of business ideas that I thought were great. Yeah. And then just fail to take action on. So how do you, as we kind of wrap this 15-minute episode, what are some... What are some things that you do to, to break through that, that resistance, that, that wall to help you take action and the, you know, the times when you don't want to take it? Well, I'll, tell, I'll put it this way. You should do things. You should, you should pursue 
careers or, or, or businesses or projects that, that you want to do. That way it's fun for you and it doesn't feel like work. Mm. That'd be my greatest advice. Now, that doesn't mean that just because you like playing guitar, go try and be a professional musician. The odds are against you there, okay? <laughs> it's important to look at statistics, you know? So it's important to look at the market and consider wisely, you know, am I fishing in a pond, a puddle, a lake, or an ocean, you mm-hmm. know? So it's good to fish in an ocean, not not a puddle, right. you know? So being going to pursue just because you love playing guitar is a good example i love playing guitar i buy no i love surfing i'm not pursuing that as a way to make money it's completely two different things but it doesn't mean that you don't believe in a cause so i would i would recommend you know finding a cause or finding something that speaks to your soul because then you found your why and once you found your why that's going to be the fire the fuel and you won't have to make yourself it won't feel like work the discipline it's just inherent it's already built in because it, you're burning on the inside, you know? <laughs> I, w- I want to keep talking about even just finding that fire because some people have a hard time with that. You get, you know, you get so, think, think about most, most creatives, right? They spend, their, they spend their days kind of maybe even consumed with how do I make money doing this and they don't create enough space for the soul to sing, for the soul to guide you. Um, it sounds like this just kind of come na- comes naturally to you. Well, I mean, I'm just human. And, and like I said, I've got a shelf full of, of business ideas that I were passionate about at one time mm-hmm. for maybe a day, a week, or a month. And, and now they're shelved and they're waiting there, you know. So, you know, I've got, you know, shiny object syndrome. It, most entrepreneurs do. Yeah. They, they, they get really passionate and they, they, they're very good at creating that initial spark right. uh, or, or blazing a trail through the jungle. They're not so good at... at you know, keeping the fire burning or, or, or building the infrastructure or the road system through the jungle, you know, it's, um, yeah. so, uh, it, it's a balance and it's, it's a tricky thing. There's really no secret sauce other than, um, again, you got to find your why and then ideally discipline yourself and take action towards it and stay focused, you know, stay focused long enough to, to see if, it, if it's, if it's worthy to pursue or not, you know? So, you know, we could talk about a specific example if you want to or not, but it's, uh, yeah, it's with my business mentors, you know, I, that's when I talk about, Oh, but I want to do this and I want to do that. And I'm so passionate about this. And you know, one of my mentors is Keith Cunningham where he's on my board of directors. He's a great guy, by the way, look him up. He's got great books, but he's very, very disciplined and he doesn't care about, passion or anything like that so while (laughs) while you know while we may not agree on certain things he's really good for me yeah because he he's very disciplined you know he he teaches that basically businesses are maintained by maintenance you know you got to continually maintain it's really important but businesses are started with passion and fire right right so it's a it's a it's a balance it takes a couple ingredients you know yeah well, if I were to you know, dist- distill down a lot of the stuff you've just shared, it's it's finding that fire. Um, it's being able to communicate that, inspire others with that fire, and um, also finding people that can, can fill in the areas that you might not be super strong in. And here's the thing. In the beginning, it's probably just going to be you. Mm-hmm. Most solopreneurs, that, that word solo is for a reason. They start out and they jumpstart everything themselves. So... Um, 
I will say that's not essential for you to be able to communicate to everyone, but there is there is a complementary. Um, let's just say um, there's two different personality types when it comes to really creating a great business. One's the entrepreneur or the visionary. The other is the integrator or the manager. Okay, so innovators are great at creating the spark, mm-hmm. setting the vision, creating the fire. Integrators are great at turning that into reality, maintaining, running the machine, working with other people. They're usually great leaders as well. So those two, if you can find someone who complements, you know, look at Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, right? Um, a lot of them big companies have started. There was usually two, and they were very complementary, kind of twin flames. Yeah, it's a great business. point. Yeah. Mm. A whole other episode. Talk about all that. Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> uh, all right, this is this is exactly exactly what I was hoping to to just discover and talk about. So appreciate the time, my friend. Absolutely, anytime. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. Listen, I truly hope you got something out of this episode that you can implement in your life or business immediately. But before you go, I've got one ask of you, and that's to please subscribe and rate this podcast. Help me help other creative entrepreneurs like you and I. And here's the deal. When you leave your rating, you'll win a 15-minute free consultative meeting with me to talk specifically about your business. Just send me an email with an image or a screenshot of your rating, and we'll schedule the time. Thanks again. You rock.